It's Palm Sunday, it's great. Next Sunday is Easter. We're gonna celebrate the greatest event in all of human history next week. Amen. But we don't have to wait till next week to celebrate it. We can celebrate it right here this morning. Somebody say amen. amen. <clears throat> now, I'll tell you right now, uh, I'm, I'm, for some strange reason, I don't know why it is, I, I'm, when I pastored, I was used to a lot of, and I've said this before, but I was used to a lot of interaction, reaction. So please help me out this morning. I can use the help. Believe me, I can use the help. Um, but last week's service was just awesome. I, I can't go without. I can't go without mentioning that. I mean, the Lord, and and I'm not, I, we, Pastor Steve had a great message, and the worship team was good. But you know what? All of that, and your worship from your corporate worship from the congregation was great, and all but and all of that put together is really really nice. But then when God comes down and touches all of that and anoints all of that, man, it makes all the difference in the world. And and, and people and hearts and lives were touched. And isn't that what we're all here for anyway? Amen. It really is. It is. Um, with all that said, I, I've got a message that I know God gave me. And I, I know it's for today. And I want to give it to you as best I can. But I'm going to ask you to stand one more time with me. <clears throat> and we're going to get right into this. And I want you to, you know, we always shake hands with people, and I want you to find somebody that's not family, and find some, I want you to find two people, just two. He wants just one. I want two. I want you to find just two people that you are not extremely familiar with, and you don't know real, real well, and I want, this is the hard part, okay? This is the hard part. You don't know them real well, but I want you to walk up to them. Because you don't know them real well, you know, and they don't know you real well. And I want you to walk up to them, and I want you to take their hand, and I want you to look them square in the eye and say, you can't leave here the same way you came. Would you do that? Go ahead. Square in the eyes. You can't leave here the same way you came. Okay, I said two. You can't leave here the same way you came. I, I, I just kind of always have tended to lean toward what's called expository preaching. Expository preaching is where you take a text and you kind of break that open, you find everything you can out of it. It's just the way God has spoken the loudest to me, it seems like. So I'm going to do that this morning. Ezekiel chapter 46 and verse 9 says this. Ezekiel is in the midst of a vision about the end time temple where there's going to be an enormous amount of corporate worship that takes place. This is Ezekiel 46 9. It says, when the people of the land came before the Lord at the appointed feast, he who enters by the north gate to worship, everybody say to worship. worship. 
He who enters by the north gate to worship shall go out by the south gate, and he who enters by the south gate shall go out by the north gate. No one shall return by the way of the gate by which he entered, but each shall go out straight ahead. No one shall go out by the way of the gate by which he entered, but each shall go out straight ahead. You can't leave here the way you came. Join me in prayer. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to be in your house this morning. We thank you for your anointing. It's been upon our worship by the worship team. It's been upon our worship as a congregation and as a group of, and gathering of believers. And now, God, we pray that your word, would, which is already anointed, would just find an anointed spot in our heart to find root and grow within us and help us to be the people you want us to be in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. 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 Now, I want to give you a little bit of background about what's going on. I already mentioned that this is Ezekiel's vision of the future temple. And um, it was, this was a little different than the old te- temple, and I don't want to go into a bunch of history because that's not what the emphasis or focus of this message is. But I want to give you a little bit of a background so that it makes maybe a little bit of sense to you. In the original temple, there was one way to go in, and everybody entered in that way, and then you could mingle around out there, and it was called, there was a place called the inner court, and then uh, when you went inside of there, there were only certain people that could go inside of there, and then there was a place called the holiest of holies where God's presence dwelt. Only certain people could go in there, and there was a veil there, and beyond that, there was only one person that could go, and that was the high priest. But in the future temple, there are going to be three gates that are going to be available. Everybody always came in the east gate before. But in the future temple, nobody goes in by the east gate. Everybody goes in by the north gate or the south gate. There's a reason for that. The reason was they are expecting, and Sam knows this, they were expecting who, Sam? Messiah. Messiah. The east gate is reserved for the prince. The prince was Messiah. They're looking for Messiah, and they're waiting for Messiah. So nobody goes in or comes in through the east gate because that's reserved for Messiah. Everybody comes in the north gate or the south gate. There is no west gate. That's the back end of the temple, and nobody leaves through the back end of anything. Not with God, you don't. Not with God, you don't. (laughs) I remember I asked you guys to help me. Okay, I'm waiting. I'm listening. So it was open every Sabbath. It was open on the new moon celebrations. It was open on every single time that people were, were uh, given the opportunity to come to worship. Really, the, it's kind of a picture in, in some form of what God intended when he opened things up to all mankind here. Because in this new temple, they not only entered by the north, south, and east, well, they didn't enter by the east, but there was a gate there. But they also could enter into the inner court, which they couldn't do before. You could pass right through it. Now, still, there were select people that go into the holy, uh, the holy place, but everybody had access and could look in there and go around. And, and, and everybody had access to all of the furniture that was there. And again, I'm not going to get into a, a lesson because we could spend a whole series on the furniture that was in the tabernacle. And it's just a beautiful thing if we ever get around to that. And I'm sure someday we will. 
But that's not where I want to go today. I want to let you know, though, that everybody could go in and everybody could go through and everybody could look at all of the the splendor of what's there and everybody can get involved in the worship. And that's kind of like what Jesus has enabled all of us to do. He's enabled all of us to get in on the worship. He's enabled all of us to get something out of what's going on. It's not just somebody who is representative that goes to God for us and comes back and lets us know that everything's okay. The Bible tells us that we can come boldly before the throne of grace ourselves and receive something from God and know personally that he has touched us and that he's touched our lives. We can do that. And and so this was kind of a, a picture of that. And I looked at it and I thought, well, it's open every Sabbath. The east gates for the Messiah, north, north and the south gates were coming in and going out. And he says something really interesting. And when I first read this years ago, it caught my attention. And I thought, that's kind of odd. You know, God says, you come in the north gate, then you walk all the way through and you go out the south gate. If you don't want to come in the north gate, you can come in the south gate. But you go all the way through and then you go out on the north gate. I thought, well, okay. I guess, God, that's just the way you want to do things. And so I read and I looked up and I studied everything that was there. And I, I've read everything. Uh, I, I did it again this week. I found everything. Because now you got the internet, man. You can find anything. Anything and everything. I mean, I found more commentaries and expositories than I ever saw in my whole life of study in, some, in, in Bible college and all the rest of that. stuff. So, I mean, I found all kinds of stuff. And I'm reading about it, and almost everybody looks at it and takes a look at the whole situation, knows it's about the future temple, and looks at it and says, okay, well, uh, God's just doing some crowd control here. He's doing traffic control. He wants to make sure things are organized. And everybody referred back to a couple of scriptures that are in the Bible that talk about everything being done decently and in order. And I thought, okay, you know, I, I understand that. But then I read a guy who said something that I thought that was really interesting, I don't really necessarily believe that that's why God, I mean, why would God take time out to put in the Bible that if you enter the north gate, go out by the south. If you enter the south gate, go out by the north. I mean, what's the purpose? Just to exhibit that you want a, a, uh, an organized structure in what you do? Um, there's gotta be a greater meaning to this. There's gotta be a greater, a deeper message. There must be something else, God, that you're trying to tell us here. And I, I looked at it and I, I, I read a guy who obviously thought similar to what <clears throat> I did. And he said, it really isn't crowd control. Actually, this is a German theologian from the 1800s. He said, this isn't cra- traffic control or crowd control because if that were the case and God really wanted to do it that way, what he would say is everybody enters by the North gate and goes out by the South gate. You wouldn't have people crossing in front of each other. You wouldn't have people, you know, just kind of going along, looking and bam, hitting somebody and going, whoa, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that, but I was so enthralled by looking at this, this brazen washing labor that, I mean, it just captured my attention. No, he'd everybody come in at the, at the north gate, go out by the south, or everybody come in at the south gate and go out by the north. When they have a funeral in state, which they just did in, for our country not too long ago for a former president, what do they do? They bring everybody in one way. They all pass by a particular, uh, in a particular direction and they go out the different way. You know, nobody crosses back and forth. And I thought, you know what? That's pretty good. That, that makes a whole lot of sense. That sounds a lot more like what God would do if he was gonna be uh, trying to uh, demonstrate traffic control here. But that, and, and so since that made much more sense and that 
that that made that all uh, fall into place for me. I thought, well, there's got to be something else then, God, that you're trying to say with all of this. And 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 the question kept going over in my mind: Is there a, is there a greater meaning here? Is there something bigger that I'm just not hitting on? And and something inside of me kept saying, there just there just has to be. And I I found a few points in here that I want to bring out to you today and then wrap that all up in one big point that I think God was trying to give us for the whole thing. <clears throat> Pardon my voice. It's, um, it probably makes you feel uncomfortable. It isn't making me feel uncomfortable. Uh, you know, I, I have, I don't know if you know this, Bobby Davis is just one of the, a great guy. He is. He's just, he give you the shirt off his back. He help you in any way he can. He was so good to me. He gave me the the, this, this cough stuff that he had last week. He's such a good friend, he just gave it to me. Thanks, Bobby. I know. So it, it, it probably sounds horrible. It isn't hurting me like you probably, you might think it is. So don't worry about that. Three points I want to bring to you. First one is this. Notice God said forward only. What do you mean? He said, you come in at the north gate, you go straight forward, you don't turn back, you go out the south gate. You come in the south gate, you go straight forward, forward only, and go out the north gate. And I got to thinking, man, that's pretty good, you know? What does that tell you? I don't know, but I'll tell you what it told me. It told me that God's not interested in backtracking. God's not interested in anything but going forward. I don't know where you are in your life. I don't know what's happened to you. I don't know what's taken place in your life. But I can tell you this, this morning, God wants to take you forward. The enemy of your soul may be trying to tell you he's pulling you back. You're never going to get anywhere. You're never going to surpass what's going on. You're never going to get beyond the problem that is in your life. But I'm here to tell you this morning, God sent me with a message to tell you it's forward only. You're here this morning because God's going to move you beyond where you are. No backtracking. No going back. Only one direction. Straight ahead. Forward. God took a hold of everything in order to help you go this direction, not that direction. Now, it gives us a memory so we remember that stuff back there. There's a reason for that. The reason is we remember the things we've gone through. It helps us when we go through things ahead of us. But it's not so that we can go back. It's not backtracking. You ever hear anybody talk about the good old days? Ever hear anybody talk about that? Man, I wish I, I wish I had the good old days. I don't. I lived through that once. I don't want to go through that all again. I remember at 17. Some of the scariest things you can ever do as a guy at 17 is ask a girl out. You're nervous, you're sweating, because you know she's going to say no. <laughs> and then you're going to feel like the biggest jerk in the world. All these guys are trying to sit here like, it's never happened to me. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's happened to all of us. And you ask them, and they say yes, and you almost can't believe it. 
I don't want to go through that again. I'm there. I got one right here. You stick it out for life, babe. I got one. I don't want to go through that stuff again. Good old days. You ever hear anybody talk like, you know, man, if I don't, if only I would have done this, or if only I would have done that, if only I'd have gone down this road, if only I'd have gone down that road, if only I'd have done, you know what? You got to quit living in the past. This is where I need that help. You got to quit living in the past. The Bible talked about, the Bible talks about a time to live in what they, in Israel, they lived in what's called sackcloth and ashes. They would put sackcloth on themselves, take off their nice garments, put ashes from the fire all over themselves, and they would sit there. That was a time of mourning. But he said, there's a time to get the sackcloth off, the ashes off, put on your good robes and worship. And this is that time. God doesn't want you to live in the past. You know what? You want to talk about good old days? Remember something. That's just what they are. They're old. You know what God's interested in? God interested in making some good new days in your life. He doesn't want you to just sit there with old days in your life. He wants to make you a good new day right now today. Right now today. He wants you to have a good new day. How about a good new day? Anybody want one? They're free and available this morning. Point number two, go all the way. All the way, forward only, go all the way. You're going to come in one gate, you're going to go all the way across to the other gate. You come in that gate, you're going to go all the way across and go out that one. You know what you do when you do that? In that, there was, there was a brass altar. There was a brass washing area called the laver. There was an altar of incense representing prayer. There was a table of showbread, which represented God's sustenance. So many different things. The holiest of holies, where the, where the Ark of the Covenant was and the Spirit of God dwelt. You know what he was saying? He was saying, when you come in at the north gate, you start there and you take everything in. You can take all the way to the south gate. I want you to experience every single thing that's there. I want you to take the entire thing in. Whether you come in at the north gate or whether you come in at the south gate, I want you to get it all. Can I tell you something this morning? Regardless of what you've ever looked at or heard about, you've heard stories of different things that people have done or things that that have happened to people. Some of them even in here. We talked about some of them last week. Can I tell you something? God wants you to take it all in. You know why? He wants to do that kind of thing for you. He wants to do that kind of thing in your life. What's been done somebody somewhere else, he didn't just make that exclusive to them. He wants you to have the full experience, take everything in that's available from the north gate to the south gate, from the south gate to the north gate. Get it all, friend. God doesn't want you to just come in and take a little piece of it. He wants you to experience everything that's available to experience. If he's healed somebody in this place, he wants you to know that so that when you need some healing, he wants to heal you. If he's put somebody else's life back together, he's letting you know that so that whenever yours seems like it's all tumultuous and it's turned upside down, you don't know where to go, he's ready to put your life back together. He wants you to get it all. 
I hope he doesn't mind us, and I know already that he doesn't. But for years and years and years, we prayed whenever we were pastoring and all of these people you see up here, were, we were all together at a church, and, and uh, we prayed for years for Ray Teague. Years and years. And he'd come around and he'd visit, drove his ice cream truck. At the end of every year, at the end of the season, he'd come by to the church. We'd buy all his ice cream that was left, give it to the kids. And, but we never saw Ray come in like you see Ray now. You don't know it, but you're sitting right, Ryan, you're sitting in front of a miracle right behind you. You don't know it. Many of you don't know it. Most of you, nobody knew that in here other than those of us that were there at that time. But every single time, regardless, and you talk to Ray and he's dealing with all kinds of things going on in his life right now, physical things. And when you talk to Ray and say, hey, man, I'm praying for you. You look at Ray. If you talk to him, he'll tell you. I know if God heals me, fine. If he doesn't, fine, I'm ready. Wow. Wow. That's the kind of experience God's got for you. The kind that regardless of what you face, and I'm talking about cancer even, regardless of what you face, you've got something. When you get a hold of everything, when you see the whole spectrum of what God's got available for you, and you take it all in, there's something that happens even when you encounter cancer and you say, you know what, if I live fine, if I die, it's gain. It doesn't make any difference. I know my God, and my heart and my soul is right with him, and I love him, and I know he loves me, and whatever God wants to do with me, that's his pleasure. You got it all, man. You've taken it all in. You've gotten to the place where this world is not what matters. It's what's coming. Coming on the other side that makes all the difference. And knowing that there is something bigger and better than what you got right here, right now. I'm sorry, I shouldn't be that loud. I'm not really. Number three. Can I tell you something about that going all the way? Next week, we're celebrating Easter. Jesus himself by himself tore open time and space at that cross on Calvary in order to open this door for you to come into the new temple and get anything and everything you want. Did it all by himself. Number three, it's a new doorway. Similar pathway. You know when you go out that south gate after coming in the north or you go out the north gate after coming in the south you're going to see the same kind of stones, same kind of hills, same kind of valleys. Not maybe exact, but there's going to be a little bit. It's going to be different. You're going to be going. You're, you're going to see things that are similar. Can I tell you something? You know what? God's got a new perspective for you. And, and any time you come into, and this is the key, any time you come into worship, isn't that what he said in there? Every time you come to worship. Isn't that what we're here for, is to worship? Every time you come to worship, you're going to go out different than when you came in. Every single time you come to worship, you're going to go out different than when you came in. Every single time you come to worship, you're going to go out different than when you come in. Now, what I want you to understand is that doesn't mean you're going to, if you're driving a Honda, you're going to go outside and suddenly you're driving a Toyota. You're not going to go home to your blue house and find that it's yellow. 
It's going to be the same kind of looking stones. It's going to be the same kind of looking hills. It's going to be the same kind of looking valleys. What's changed then? What's different? Your perspective is what's different. Your eyesight is what different is different. Your trust and your faith is what's different. It comes out strengthened. It comes out encouraged. It comes out stronger because you've been in the presence of Almighty God and He's going to send you out that door different than when you came in. It's amazing how you can tell when you're doing this, after I've done it for a little while anyway, you can tell people who get a hold of what you're saying and other people that are like, I know where he's going, but I don't know if I want to go there. <laughs> Isaiah 55, I want to read you some scriptures. They sang about it this morning. It applies to what we're talking about, and I want to wrap this up. And it's going to take a little while, so you rest of you guys just hang on for just a second. I don't know. What time is it? I, don't, I forgot to bring my phone up here. Oh, I know. I got time. Somebody tell me what time it is. Oh, God. I don't have much time. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. Listen to this. My thoughts are nothing. Everybody say nothing. Nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. My ways are far beyond Anything you can imagine, just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. You come in here with the idea of what you might get out of it. And God's got an entirely, entirely different idea of what he wants to give you when you go out. You didn't hear me. <laughs> you didn't hear me. God's got an entirely different idea of what to give you going out. You come in thinking that's what you want. Blind Bartimaeus that was, that was preached about so beautifully last week, he was there to beg alms. He was there to get money. He had the coat laid out. He had, he, he was, that's what he was there for. And he asked alms of everybody. But when Jesus came by, he asked something else. He said, have mercy on me. Because he recognized something that all of us need to recognize every single time we come into the house of God. And that is, he's got something better than just money. He's got something better than just a little good feeling. He wants to change your life forever. So he said, have mercy on me because he recognized this was Messiah and, my, and, and God and probably remembered Isaiah and said, wait a minute, his ways are higher than my ways. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. He's got something better than alms. Not much, there's not much better than alms to a beggar. There really isn't. Let's face fact. God simply doesn't do things like we do them. It is. It's right. He just doesn't. In fact, he said he works way, way, way beyond our imagination. We talked in the last series. And did I miss that? Didn't we talk in the last series about getting out of the box? I'm preaching to you about getting out of the box this morning. Throw your boundaries away. You didn't hear me. Throw your boundaries away. 
You came in thinking, oh God, if you could just do a little something. Throw your boundaries away. The woman with the issue of blood that touched the hem of his garment, all she was hoping for was to to stop the bleeding. She had been bleeding for 12 years. That's all she was looking for. John, that's all she was looking for. But that isn't what she got, was it? She didn't just get the bleeding stopped. She was made whole. Her whole body was made whole. It It wasn't just that the bleeding stopped. Everything was completely healed. There were 10 lepers that came to Jesus. One of them came back. All of them got touched and healed as far as the the leprosy stopping. But the one that came back and gave praise and honor to God, you know what happened? Those fingers that were missing grew back. Those feet, toes that were missing, they grew back. God made him completely whole. I'm telling you, you need to get outside the box today. You need to throw the boundaries away and understand that God's ways are higher than your ways. His thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And he wants to do something way, 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 way beyond what you came in looking for. Way beyond what you were looking for. The real message that God is saying is, I want to do a complete change. Can I do a complete change with you? I mean a whole thing. You'll never be the same. You'll never leave the same way you came. You can't. It's not possible. I'm going to prove it to you right now. You can't do it. You can't do it. And you may think, let me tell you right now, you may think that, hell, I can, I can just come and I can sit in here and it's not going to be that big a deal. And, you know, I'll get through it and I'll get beyond it and then I'll go out and I'll just be what I was before. Let me tell you something. Jesus is no neutral figure. He either compel, he compels a choice and brings about a change. There's no two ways about it. When you meet him, your heart is melted, it's encouraged, or it's saddened. One way or another, some way, somehow, you don't leave the same way you came. You can't come in the north gate and go back out the north gate. You come in the north gate, you go out the south gate. You come in the south gate, you go out the north gate. Some way, somehow, your heart, your life has changed. I'm going to prove it to you right now. Every time we get to worship, isn't that what he said? Every single time we get to worship, he's going to do this. That's what he said in Ezekiel. He's going to do it every time. Every service, every class. Aren't we worshiping there? Absolutely. Every class, every youth event, every link meeting. Every link meeting, every seek meeting, every fusion meeting. Every fellowship meeting, I don't care what you're getting together for. If you're worshiping God, you are going to have your heart, your life, your mind changed. Something, you, you know what? I'm not telling you something you don't already know. If you'll open up your heart and look back to it, you're going to say to yourself, you know what? I went in there. Chris has talked about it several times coming here and, and coming up here and telling his story, that beautiful story of what God did for him. And you, you've all got the same story. But if you'll, if you'll just think back the last Sunday when you went out of here, you didn't go out the same way you came in. You say, well, you know, I, I wasn't that greatly touched. Yeah, you may, may not have said that, but one way or another you were touched. You can reject this thing. The rich young ruler went away sad. The Pharisees went away angry and mad. 
but the blind came away seeing. The deaf came away hearing. The lame went walking. The lepers came away healed. Lazarus came out alive. Even the soldiers that were there when he was crucified were so affected by what they saw in this man that they said to themselves, surely this was the son of God. You can't leave the same way you came. It's going to touch you every single time we're in here to worship. God's presence does that. And I don't know about you, but I'm glad it does because it's made all the difference in my life. I'm asking our worship team to come. I don't know why you're here. I don't know how it is you came. I don't know the story of what brought you here this morning. But the fact of the matter is this. You are here. And if you're here, whatever gate you came in by, since you're here, I'm going to ask you to do something this morning. I'm going to ask you to just check your old baggage. And you know what I'm talking about when I say that. Check your old baggage at the door. Because God wants to walk you out a different way. He wants to walk you out a different way this morning. It's not for me. Have you heard that before? I'm just checking this thing out. It's all right. Fine, check it out. I'm just here because so-and-so over here, they invited me in, and I felt like I had to come. Or I'm just fine. This, this, This isn't just... This isn't for me. You know, it's not my thing. It's good for all you guys, but it's not for me. No one encounters Jesus. No one encounters Jesus and leaves that encounter the same condition that they began it in. It's not possible. Somebody say that with me. It's not possible. Now I want to get down to some brass tacks here and wrap this up. I put this for lack of a better idea. I I said this, putting on a front. Maybe you're trying, maybe you walked in and whatever your problem is, your situation is, you were hiding it, you know, tucked it under your arm and just kind of kept your arms folded and you came in today and put on this applies to the people obviously who've been around a little bit you put your church face on because there's this problem that's eating away at you physical it might even be addiction something you really want to let go of and you don't really want anybody to know that it's a part of you so you hide it and you cross your arms over and put on that smile and the church face so everybody knows you're okay. Can I tell you something? Every single one of us have done that. You're in familiar company 
because we've all done it. We're private people. We don't want everybody knowing that we're struggling. We don't want everybody knowing that we're just feeling the end of the rope and not knowing where we're going to go once we get to that point. We're so close. We don't want anybody to know what's going on in us. I'll tell you something. Last Sunday, Randall, I apologize if this offends you, but I did it three weeks before or four weeks before you did. Randall came up and said, you know what? I don't care who knows what about anything. I don't care what they do or don't know. I'm throwing myself on the altar before God. I did it about four weeks before, just right over there. And you know what? That's what this is for. Did you know that's what this is for? Did you know that's why people come? It's not to... It's not to put on a spectacle. It's to say, God, I don't care what anybody else thinks. I don't care what anybody else is going through because I can't help them. i got to help me right now. I need you to touch me right now. And you just open yourself up. You take it all in from the north gate to the south. You take it all and you open yourself up and say, God, whatever you want to do, I'm here. Just whatever you you say to do, I'm ready for it. Whatever you want to do. And I'll tell you what, you can ask Randall. I can tell you for a fact and anybody else that's ever done it, you walk out entirely different than when you came in when you do that. Amen. It's the same sky. It's the same. It's the same grass out there. The same parking lot. But somehow everything looks different because Jesus touched you while you were in His presence, and that's what He wants to do to you right now. We've all hidden it. We've all wrapped it up. We've all done it. Can I ask you a? A, 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 a real serious question. Ask yourself this truthfully. Aren't you tired of carrying that thing around? Aren't you tired of going to Monday morning with it instead of leaving it with God on Sunday? Aren't you tired of carrying it around for week after week after week, drawing and sapping your strength? Amen. God wants to heal you of whatever it is. If it's a family problem, if it's an addiction, if it's a, if it's a schism of some sort in your, in, in your workplace or in some relationship, can I tell you something? He wants you to go out a different way than when you came in today. ways are higher than yours thoughts higher than yours in fact if the truth were known stand with me if you would please thank you so much you really think about it I want you to think about this with me for just a second didn't you really come here today somewhere deep down inside of you wanting an answer wanting a miracle Or perhaps just a a touch like we heard about last week. But you came here. And it was maybe it was covered. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe you're not worried about that. But if you are, I'm telling you. Look at yourself. Look at your heart. Ask yourself the question. Didn't you really come here for a change? Didn't you really come here to be different than when you walk out different than when you came in? Didn't you really come here saying, God? I don't know how you're going to do it. I don't know. Did you pray this prayer? I don't know how you're going to do it. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what kind of song is going to be sung or what the preacher is going to say. But if you could somehow, some way, just touch me today. I really need you. 
Wouldn't you like to get rid of that thing that's held you bound? Kept you away from the awesomeness of God in your life? what you've been praying for. Come on, folks. Let me be blatantly honest. You didn't come here today into the house of God on a sightseeing trip. If that's what you thought, God's got something so much bigger in store for you than you ever imagined are far above your ways. His thoughts are far above your thoughts. He came in here so he could answer that need doing what only Jesus Christ can do to make your life the abundant life that he promised. He made it so that every time, you've heard me say it over and over again, every single time that we come into his presence, we can leave different than when we came. And the last thing I want to give you is Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, because the choice is ours. He said, now to him, why don't you look at this, who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, somebody say it, above all you can ask or think. And here's the key. Remember last week, according to the power that Say it. Works in us. Everybody say it. Works in us. According to the power that works in us. He wants to do it in us. Leave that thing. It's old baggage. Leave it at the door because God wants to take you out a different way than when you came in. If you came in burdened, he wants you to go out relieved. If you came in sad, he wants to let you go out with joy. If you came in captive, he wants to set you free today. All you got to do is open up. All you got to do is let it happen. Amen. Lift your hands with me. Lift your hearts. Praise God. Somebody, God, came in here today. I know that you gave me this. So I know that somebody came in here with with some sort of thing that's got a hold of them. And they've got problems. it's, it's 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 no revelation. It's no prophecy that there's problems here because anytime you get this size of a group of people together, there's always problems. But God, somebody, there's some people that came in here with little problems and some people came in with big problems. Some people came in with severe problems and they don't want anybody to know about it. But you already know and you already made the way and you opened this up and said you don't have to leave here the same way you came. You don't have to go home the same way you came in. And I'm asking you, God, to just speak to every single heart and every single life and somehow give people the, the, the courage to open up their hearts and their lives to you this morning, whether it's up here at this altar or in the seats that they're in, and just let your will be done in their lives because you came and opened the door so nobody has to go out the same way they came in. In Jesus' name.